What up, what up? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is smoking and Toasting, and we are live from the studio, which is kind of like unusual for us. We haven't been here in a while. We, it's the first time we've been back in the studio for uh, <laughs> for quite some time. Well, welcome to us. It's uh, smoking and Toasting. This is the radio program that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Welcome to show number 59. My name is Cruz, and my partner in crime is the one and only Ian Barry. How that are you, my me. friend? Uh-huh. Oh, man, I'm you? doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, actually quite well. Uh, it's quite been well. a good week. It's almost winter. The The weather's been <laughs> down to about 90, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's been nice. And even in the evenings, it's down to about 80. Right, and uh, you know, the, I understand it's supposed to cool off this weekend, and it's going to be like 80. So if it hits the yeah. 70s, that'd be yeah. great. <laughs> I can hear you. I don't know if it's my phone. I th- yeah, I, I think you have it on Facebook Live on your phone. My even. phone volume down. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I only want to hear you one. I don't need to hear you in the echo chamber. Well, I, you know, yeah. I had I have myself on here too, but there's a slight delay between when we actually say yes. it when it happens. So I just feel like I'm moving really slow. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like a really, really bad echo. That's right. what it's like. <laughs> it's like Although, worst. I do like the Facebook Live. It's pretty worst fun. reverb ever. Where's no, it? it is nice, and we're on Facebook Live, and this will also be available on YouTube. So let's talk about uh, that for just a second. The show is now uh, almost sixty episodes strong. This is episode number fifty-nine, and we are available on uh, Google Play as a podcast. We're available on iTunes as a podcast. You can also stream the show anytime you want live from SoundCloud from TuneIn, and then uh, shortly after the show gets posted, uh, thanks to uh, Adam, our erstwhile assistant, we wind up with the whole thing going up on uh, YouTube as That's well. Right. That's right. So, and we stream on Facebook Live, and uh, you know, we, we're just we're just trying to make we're trying to be like you know a, an '80s pop album that you just can't get away from. I think this is what it means to be. Multimedia. Multimedia. Yeah, or something like that. So it's our Oktoberfest show. Oktoberfest 2017. Social media savvy. <laughs> I like that. This is You'll hear this sound whenever we're about to say something that we think is important. It might not actually be that important, but we thought it was important. So, uh, no, we're we're really excited about the show because we are going to taste ten, count them, ten Oktoberfest beers and uh, give you kind of the rundown on what's out there Oktoberfest wise. Because um, <clears throat> as we do the show, it's September the twenty eighth, my birthday, by the way. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday! Happy birthday to me. Thank you. Uh, but as we do the show, we're a couple of days away from October, so it's time to really get in the Oktoberfest spirit. And so I thought this is a good time for us to maybe taste these beers, and we can, uh, you know, we can tell you what we like and what the different styles of Oktoberfest beer are like. We have decided for this show to exclude. Halloween beers and pumpkin beers and things like that. We may review some of those across the that's next month or so. That's a whole other show. But that's a whole other show, exactly. So, so, speaking of it's your birthday. Oh, yeah? Happy birthday to you. Yeah. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Uh, Happy birthday, dear Cruz. Happy birthday to you. Oh, look at you. Oh, man. Is this. I hope we're going to taste this on the show. That's what it's for. Oh, so tell me what you got me here. This is the, uh, well, I'll just show it to the camera. This is the Ron Cartavio XO, which is, um, uh, I think, going to be a pretty killer rum. It's 18 years old. That's got to count for something. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. <laughs> I wish I was 18 again, as George, right? as George Bird's once sang. Uh, wow, look at that. Dude. 
All right, we're tasting us some rum today. In addition to <laughs> it's 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 uh it's not only Oktoberfest, but apparently it's also Rumtober. There so, you go. Uh, so that's <laughs> Rumtober. That's pretty bad. A lot of stuff going on in the news. We will cover some of this stuff for you as well. Uh, the uh, Big Smoke uh, Vegas tickets are available. We're going to be there. Fuente Fuente. Forbidden X, the new Opus X, is out. We'll tell you about that and what that's supposed to be like. Plus, um, the government's raising taxes on cigars again. That's this is, so surprising. This is all separate from all the legislation that's going through. So, it's time to take a stand. What can you do? What can I do? What can Ian do to actually help the cause of cigar-friendly Legislation. I'm going to tell you exactly what to do today. Ways that you can actually uh, make a difference, and and it's easy. It's not something that requires you don't have to sit down and write, you know, <laughs> your congressman on a legal pad. You know, it, it, it's it's not that difficult to do. Plus, I think we're going to get rid uh, get into this today. <clears throat> Craft beer terms you need to know, or not. Maybe. Yeah. You have to be able to describe your yeah. craft beer. So I think it's important. So we'll get into that. I think it's going to be a very exciting show. It's been a crazy week. I'm, uh, I'm, it seems like I've been running in 100 different directions, but I have had time to just chill for a moment or two with a good cigar, and I'm hoping that you have had a chance to smoke something interesting this week as well. I have, actually. Today I'm going to talk about I was hanging out uh, at a friend's house. This was a couple months ago. And he goes, you smoke a pipe, don't you? I said, yes. And he goes, I never smoke a pipe anymore, ever. He goes, I bought this beautiful Meerschaum pipe. And he goes, I've hardly ever smoked it. I'm never going to smoke a pipe again. Do you want it? And I said, well, hell yes. (laughs) Let me think. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, let me think about that for a second. Yes. So he hands me this. I'll put a a picture of it um, uh, up a little later. I didn't bring it with me. I should have. But uh, it's this beautiful Meerschaum pipe. Meerschaum is... um, a pipe made from a mineral that you find in a Black Sea area. And these, called, these are like very nice pipes, right? Yeah, it's called yeah. sepiolite. And what's interesting about it is this stuff is white. Mm-hmm. Like it's a white block of this mineral, and then they do these beautiful, intricate carvings out of it. The one I have is actually the face of a guy with a big beard, and he's smoking a pipe. So and the guy on your pipe yes, is smoking a pipe. smoking a pipe. <laughs> and one of the cool things about these pipes is they start off like almost bright white, you know, mm-hmm. slightly off white, but almost almost bright like white. an ivory color. And right? as you smoke them, they darken up and they turn into this ah. gorgeous, uh, like like different hues of brown and everything like that. As they as they get broken in and worn, in. it takes years to make one look amazing. Wow! But that's what you see when you see the old. They look like like aged ivory almost. When you see those old pipes, you'll see them a lot of times with like a claw foot holding an egg or something like that. They're great. So I smoked that, and I had a simple. Uh, uh, tobacco, Captain Black Regular. Other people know it as Captain Black White. You can buy this right over the counter. Anywhere. I was going to say this is not a hard to find. No, mixture, no, it's, it? and yeah. it's delicious. It's a great aromatic. Um, no one around me has ever complained about how that smells. They always come up and go, "Wow, that smells really good," you know. So, uh, and I just thought, you know, it's nice to actually have a pipe once in a while, and it's getting towards you know the colder season. Mm-hmm. So, uh, although it's still ninety, but yes, I know what you well, mean. Well, it's it's not a hundred. Well, it, and it's Oktoberfest, so you know we're 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 moving that way at least mentally. Yes. Even if it, and and I know people do listen to the show all over the place, and if you're in you know uh, other parts of the country that are not in the Sun Belt, and the, the uh, Sun Belt—that's yeah, a good way to put uh, it. Then then you may be uh, you may already be experiencing some fall temperatures, and so you're right. Uh, pipe smoking is definitely something I associate with colder weather. 
even though I'm a, a definite novice with the pipe. It keeps at least one hand warm anyway. By the way, if you're like me and you don't know that much about pipes, we did a show that I think is one of our best shows ever. Um, I want to say it's episode like 23, 24, somewhere around there. Uh, but you can find it in the in the previous shows, and it's called Pipe Smoking 101 mm-hmm. and the Mucky Duck. Ian presents me with a pipe and teaches me how to smoke it. It's actually a really great sort of primer for you people know, that might want to And we might want to revisit that because we have Facebook Live now, so you can get the oh, visual see, that of that, fun. which yes. we didn't have at the time. So maybe we should do another pipe smoking show. Pipe smoking the, 102. 102, yeah. Once the weather cools off, we'll do it for sure. That sounds like a great right, idea. That sounds good. I had an interesting smoke uh, this week, and I was, I was actually really – I was so thrilled that I smoked this cigar because <clears> – <throat> I, I really should pay more attention. The cigar I smoked was the Zycar HC series Maduro Squared, mm-hmm. the Bellicoso. And the reason I should pay more attention is because I've had a couple of the Zycar HC cigars a good while back, and they were quite good. And then I had some more recently that eh, they just weren't that great. They were average at best, right? Um, not bad smokes, just nothing I was excited about. Uh, unfortunately, though, I didn't pay that much attention to tell you exactly which ones those were. Right. Uh, so I did pay attention this time, and I'm happy to report that not only did I pay attention, but I'm pretty damn pleased with what I can report. I smoked the uh, HC Series 2, uh, I'm sorry, the HC Series Maduro Squared Bellicoso. It starts, first of all, it's a beautiful cigar. It's box-pressed. There's not a, you can't see a single vein. You know the San Latano Oval right. cigars where you look at them and it's like, how did they get a leaf this smooth? It's just absolutely <laughs> be- That's what this looked like. In fact, it looks a lot like a San Latano Oval. And I did some research. I believe that both this cigar and the San Latano are both made in the same uh, factory at the A.J. Ah. Fernandez factory. So uh, it may it may be the uh, the Oval's long-lost cousin. Uh, anyway, it's beautiful, nice, nice uh, earthy, chocolate-ish, uh, pre-light nose. It clips easily, lights up quick, and then boom, here comes the flavor. Broadleaf Maduro wrapper uh, from Pennsylvania, Nicaraguan binder and filler. It's box-pressed, and it smokes like a dream. Nice even burn, no major touch-ups were necessary, and a really nice flavor profile all the way through. There is, if you're a person that likes that sort of chocolate cocoa vibe mm-hmm. in your Maduros, this one really brings it in a big way. There's a hint of caramel. It's very creamy, but definite chocolate cocoa notes. Sounds like I'm describing a candy bar almost <laughs> more about, than, yeah. than, than a cigar, but it really had that sort of flavor and texture to it. Some earthiness, a little spice. It's definitely medium-bodied, medium, maybe even medium-full, but not overpowering at all. Now, here's the thing. <clears throat> These price out at about $8 a stick, but I got it for closer to 3 Wow. In one of those crazy one-day specials on uh, Cigar International online. So price to quality, at eight dollars, I'd give it yeah five and a half. Mm-hmm. At three to four dollars, solid seven. Nice. Yeah. So in other words, wait to find these on sale and then grab them. Yeah. Because because uh, it's definitely definitely worth it. So all right, it's smoking and toasting. It's Oktoberfest 2017. That means we will be back and we'll be tasting beer. Stand by, my friends. Awesome. Welcome 
Welcome back, my friends. It's Smoking and Toasting. It's show number 59. This is our Oktoberfest show, Oktoberfest 2017. We're going to be tasting some of the new Oktoberfest. Some are, uh, you know, returns. So some of, some of the beers, uh, some of the breweries will do a new Oktoberfest each year, kind of like the Christmas ales. And then some of them will do a, uh, a an Oktoberfest that really gets popular, so they recreate the same beer, rebrew the same beer every year. So our, we'll have a mixture of those two uh, today, and we'll try to point those out wherever we can. Okay, here we go again. The government is trying to raise taxes on cigars again. A bill's been introduced into the U.S. Senate that seeks to achieve tax parity among all tobacco products, which means an increase in the tax rate on premium cigars should it pass. It's known as the Tobacco Tax Equity Act of 2017, uh, and it would set the federal tax rate for all tobacco products. This is this is a nationwide thing, not a state uh, issue. Uh, at the same rate as that of cigarettes, which is fifty dollars and thirty three cents per thousand. Currently, cigars are taxed at a rate of fifty two point seventy five percent of the wholesale price, but it's capped at forty point two six cents per cigar. Under uh, that proposal, uh, the rate would change to twenty four seventy eight per pound, with a minimum tax of five point zero three three cents. Per cigar, it's a it's a different way of measuring it, but trust me, it means more tax. So yes. that's being that's being pushed through the uh, the Senate subcommittees as we speak. The bill's been introduced. We'll see what happens. You know, a few years ago when they instated that current rate, that was pretty much the death of a lot of the smaller cigars. It really was, and you're going to see more and more of that happening too. Right. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. why would you spend like when you're getting taxed on a on an average cigar thirty to forty cents per stick? Mm-hmm. Right. It's going to be the same whether that's a cigarello size, right, or whether it's a, a Churchill size. And that's why this this makes no sense. No sense at yeah, all. It, it shouldn't be that way because you know it's nice to be able to have a small cigars from time to time when you're not. Looking to to smoke a big cigar, you know, you don't have that much time or whatever, and it just doesn't make sense that, you know, maybe twenty thirty percent of the price of that cigar is all tax, where it isn't that way on on something else. So it's very frustrating. So last week, the U.S. House of Rep- Representatives passed this bill that includes language to exempt premium cigars from some of these harmful FDA regulations. And now cigar lobbyists are stepping up their efforts to uh, do grassroots outreach in search of different cigar-friendly bills that are currently awaiting votes in Congress. One of the leading cigar advocacy groups, Cigar Rights of America, I'm on their mailing list, I get stuff from them uh, all the time, they've launched a new outreach tool that connects cigar lovers to their senators in support of this bill. Uh, the bill uh, includes the same language as some of the previous uh, ones that were adopted and passed by the House. If uh, this passes the Senate, it then goes to the president's desk. The White House has confirmed that if the bill is presented to the president in its current form, his advisors are recommending that Trump sign the bill. So um, what's really interesting about this is that you can get involved and you can actually help these. And it's very simple. This new uh, outreach app that these guys have put together at Cigar Rights of America is very, very helpful. Cigar Aficionado has also uh, put together a letter writing campaign. And what they've done is they've made this really easy. You can really just add your name and click. And so what I want you uh, to do is go to the show notes on our Facebook page or on the 
the YouTube page if you're checking us out on YouTube and look for the link. It's a CigarAficionado.com article about lobbyists increasing increasing their outreach for premium cigar exemption. And if you click on that, there are links within the story uh, for you to get these easy-to-use things so you can participate. What's great about it is you don't have to march in the streets. You don't have to paint a sign. You don't have to, you know. You don't even need a stamp. Yeah, exactly. You can just click and go. And so it's worth doing. All right, let's do some Oktoberfest. The first one is in a can. Most of the Oktoberfest we're going to try are actually in bottles. Uh, but the first one is in a can, and this is the Oktoberfest, uh, Ian, from 903. 903 is a brewery in uh, Sherman, Texas. And it says here, our medium-bodied Marzen Oktoberfest is a malt-forward tasty treat. Light amber in color, the 903 Oktoberfest finishes dry and clean. The seasonal lager is rich, roasty, and quite delectable. And Marzen uh, is a uh, Bavarian style of beer. It's a medium, medium to full body, um, and generally has kind of a darker uh, and a bit and a bit more color. malty characteristic. Yeah. Right? We're gonna there's, we're gonna have a lot of really malty beers. So I know you're gonna love yes. today's show because you're you're a, 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 a connoisseur of the malt. This is not the happiest say. show we'll have. Yeah, no, it's definitely not. So, but it also it should says be very tasty. Here, this pairs well with bratwurst, pretzels, and prosting your bros. You uh, can imagine that pretty much everything we're going to taste today is designed to go with bratwurst and pretzels. So, yeah. By the and way, that mustard. By the way, one of my mustard yeah, so good. One of my favorite uh, cigars is the Casada Oktoberfest cigar. I love that. I love that this whole line. This is delicious. Did you well, try this? This is yet? good. This is so yes. malty. Wow, it it is like a malt bomb. We've yes. had beers that we described as a hop bomb. This is a malt no, bomb. No, this is 100% malt wow. from front to middle to back. And it's delicious. It's got a caramel uh, characteristic Very to big, it. Very big, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's really, really This has good. that, you know, if you ever had a real malt, like at a, uh, at an ice cream shop or one yes. of a real malt. Not a shake, but a malt. Not a shake, not a, not a chocolate shake mm-hmm. or anything like that, but an actual malt that uses malt. This mm-hmm. has so much of that characteristic. You know? That's very interesting. Yeah. Now, I'm not that familiar with the 903 Brewery, but the, in fact, I'm this, I think it's the first going to uh, say, beer yeah, I've the had first beer them. of theirs I've tried, and what a winner it is. If, if all their beers are this good, they win. We started uh, we started strong in this segment, <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, that's really good. So That's amazing. There's going to be some of that left. So, uh, you know, you know, I was thinking about this as we go through the different Oktoberfest beers. One of the things you have to understand if you're fairly new to the show is we like beer. I mean, we, we do. So the chances are good that we're going to— I thought we were keeping gonna, that as, as kind of an insider well, secret. I, what I'm saying is the chances are good that we're going to like a lot of what we try. So what we will try to do is be descriptive and let you know— because uh, your taste could be completely different than ours. So if we're descriptive enough, we can let you know something that might help you decide. If you're thinking of buying an Oktoberfest, um, maybe we can help steer you in a direction that would be something you like if we describe these well Or even if well it's enough. outside of your wheelhouse and That's what right. we describe sounds good to you. And, and I will say, by the way, before we start with this next one, that one of the ones we didn't include because we reviewed it a couple of weeks ago is, in my mind, the Oktoberfest to beat, and that is the St. Arnold. The St. Arnold's Oktoberfest is one of my favorite beers Yes, um, overall. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's just, it's it's an Oktoberfest. I love it this time of year, but I almost wish there, it wasn't a seasonal. There are actually a few beers that, that I just wait to mm-hmm. come out every year, and that's, and that, that's the Oktoberfest. Kind of I guess I don't want it to be a seasonal, because then I'm not like, oh, it's here. The you know? <laughs> Real Ale Coffee Porter is another one of those. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a great one. Uh, the uh, the the St. Arnold uh, the their Winter Stout. 
Yes, is yes. such a good one. When I was in, uh, when I lived in Boston, I used to wait every year for Harpoon's Summer Ale. Yeah. It was just this crisp, refreshing. I have to see if we can get our hands on some of that and review it uh, next summer. Uh, but we are trying now our second Oktoberfest. Uh, Ian, uh, this is the Spotten Oktoberfest. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to be brutally honest. It suffers from Green Bottle. It does kind it of. Totally it totally suffers from Green Bottle. Like it, it's got that skunked bitterness on it. And I always avoid green bottle beers because if a place, even in shipping or whatever, they've never taken care mm-hmm. of it, it gets skunky real easy. And this, and to me, tastes like a malty, uh, a malty skunky. It just has more bitterness to it. The 903 that we just enjoyed had no bitterness at all. And if I want bitter in my beer, I want that ESB or IPA kind of bitter that is that flavor bitter. On, but this on is the not finish. an intentional bitter. You, I don't so you, know. This are you is, thinking this, this is, is just a, not a not this a, is good a green bottle? bottle issue? Yeah, hmm. that's that's what it is. So uh, the, so you know, it, it's kind of like when you have a Heineken, which is also a green bottle. Right. Heineken has this certain this has flavor the on the aftertaste. Same yes, flavor on the aftertaste, and it's that it's it's been exposed to UV and 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 it's. You know, spoiled the beer. It skunked the beer. I don't hate it, but I certainly don't like it as I, well see, as the to other me. One. Like once I get a, a bit of that aftertaste, I can't even. I, I, I'm I'm not there. Now on? I'm going to say that. <laughs> I'm going to say that. But here's what happens. Like I was because uh, I never drink Heineken for the exact same reason. Mm-hmm. And a buddy of mine said, "No, Heineken's actually a pretty good beer, but don't ever buy it in a green bottle." So I bought one of those mini kegs. Right, never been exposed. Like can't be. You know, it's in, right. actually it's in a little the, mini, mini keg. keg. Yeah, it's a delicious beer. So that's really interesting. Which you know, so up till up till that point, like for most of my life, I thought Heineken was just tasted terrible like that. You know, I couldn't believe people drank it, but when I got it in that little mini keg, I went, "Oh, when it's not skunk, it actually tastes pretty good." So, so I think that that's what's happening here because it has the exact same skunky profile. That it they, actually tastes a lot like a Heineken, exactly. You know? and and I think that's what it is. It's hmm. maltier than a Heineken, but yes, a little bit, a little a slightly maltier version, <laughs> a maltier version of a Heineken. And it probably uh, is a stand-up beer. Spot and makes great beers. But that, I think that green bottles just killed it. You know? I will tell you the one thing that I like about Heineken is if you're someplace and their beer isn't cold, no. if you get a Heineken and drink it over ice, it's actually I've pretty good. I've never tried that. Yes. I do want to point out good. that what we just experienced right here is a great argument for the can. Yeah, and I'm not a can guy, but I will tell you um, I'm coming around slowly. Yeah. Very slowly, but I am coming around. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't think cans are, you know, the be all and all. They're great for what they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I especially like the ones. Have you had the ones where you crack the top and the entire top of the can yes. comes off? Southern I love Star that. Star was using those for a little while, uh, and I why loved don't it. more people use them? That's because a great way. It just turns it into a glass. Especially if you're drinking out of the can. Yeah. So, and I will say, um, you've got one of these. You told me about it. And then my wife bought me one, the um, Yeti can. Oh, those are great. It's fantastic. You can actually drink beer out of a can and enjoy the whole beer. They're they're actually disorienting because, first off, you don't feel your beer get that much lighter because the can is kind of heavy. And then when you take the very last sip, which you don't know is the last sip because you're, you're still feeling the full weight of the koozie and everything, when you take that very last sip, it's still just as cold as when it was. Those things are amazing. <laughs> I like it a lot, but you're right. It does fool you. You think you got a lot of beer left. This summer, I drank a lot of the uh, St. Arnold Raspberry AF you and me both. in the can in that koozie. Yeah. And I was like, oh, good. I got a lot. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. We are going to taste in our next segment three more Oktoberfests as we've had one that we loved and one eh, not so much. It's smoking and toast, and we'll be right back. 
yeah, that's definitely scum. That's like, I knew that like, Here we go. Welcome back to episode number 59 of Smoking and Toasting. Do you believe we've done 59 shows? That's crazy. <laughs> Think about how many beers that is. That's a lot of beers, Craig, <laughs> considering most of our episodes we have at least three. Yeah, most we have three. This is a special episode because we're doing 10 different Oktoberfests because it's our Oktoberfest 2017 show. And we're also going to be tasting some of this rum that Ian gave me for my birthday, and I'm so excited. If I can figure out how to actually hold it where the camera can see it, it's the Ron Cartavio XL. So we'll be doing that in the next segment. Um, Ian, while you are uh, pouring our first beer, I want to tell you about this uh, new uh, Fuente Opus X that has just been released. Uh, it is the Fuente Fuente Forbidden X, and it is in some stores now, headed everywhere shortly. <clears throat> if you've ever wished that you could smoke an aged uh, Fuente Fuente Opus X but can't seem to find one, your search may be a little bit easier because there's a, a shipment of this 11-year-old Forbidden X cigars that's hitting tobacconist, uh, and it started last week. It's called the Opus X Story, and it is a fall release that includes four special Fuente Fuente Forbidden X cigars that were rolled in 2006, and they've been aging ever since inside uh, Tabacalera a Fuente Kia. The uh, Forbidden X blend is much like a core Opus X smoke, except for one important distinction. They use the same Dominican tobaccos as Opus X, but they, uh, they age the tobaccos for a little bit of time in barrels that were once used to age Calvados, an apple brandy from the Normandy region of France. That sounds really fun, actually. It really kind of does. Uh, they The four cigars in the uh, Opus X story are the Robusto, the uh, Double Robusto, and two sticks of the Forbidden X Toro. Suggested retail price, $165. So, Man, I, 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 the, my first experience with an Opus X is that is a fantastic cigar. Well, it really is. So good. And I actually have a couple of the Lost City Opus X ones at my house, too. Yeah, I have one that you gave me that I've been saving. I, yes. I hate to do the special occasion thing, but... I just need to make more special occasions because I'm starting to get, like, my bottom drawer. I have four drawers in my humidor, and my bottom drawer is my special occasion in Cubans. Yes. And uh, it's starting to get a little over. I have an idea. Days that end in Y. Oh, we could do that. We could do, we that. Could do yeah. that. Oh, today could qualify. Your, today does end in Y. It's birthday. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> so uh, tell me what we've opened here. This is the this Marzen is the style from Shiner. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so all the Oktoberfests are going to be Marzen's. Um, this is, uh, as far as I can tell, they will be Marzen's. Uh, this is the Shiner Oktoberfest. This is I the fall season. I think there may be a couple, though, that are, that are on the amber side. Some of them might be, uh, might be uh, lighter than that. But this is a deliciously festive seasonal ale is what it says. Well, I will tell you right off the bat, this is a really wonderful palate cleanser from the Spaten. It just goes down it's almost nice like, and refreshing. It's almost like Jimmy knows what he's doing over there. Yeah, Jimmy. <laughs> By the way, if you've missed the episode where we had Jimmy on the show, uh, it's easy to find. It's very the, clearly labeled. The Brewmeister. The from man Spots is a hoot. Yeah, yeah, he's you a blast. have to love him. You have to love him. He has a passion for beer that is just like 
it's awesome. Yeah, he's a blast. I like one of my favorite offhand offhands from him was like, you know, when you're gonna sit down and have, you know, thirteen or twenty beers. You know, like. <laughs> right. Yeah, everybody's usually so PC they won't yeah. say something like that. And Jimmy's like, like yeah, whatever. If you're gonna have thirteen, twenty beers, this one's great. Um I like this. I'm it, for it. This is a good beer. It is this a, is a lot lighter than the um nine oh uh the nine oh three? Yes. Three. Yeah, absolutely. Um and less malt forward. This one has definitely a little hops bittering on the tail end, which I like. It's very refreshing. Though. It's it's more it's more crispy. Uh, personally, my palate, I like that nine oh three best so far. Well, you're um, a malt guy, and that was the malt. But I love that malty like mm-hmm. sweetness and everything on there. This is a very drinkable beer. I like this, this is, a lot. Too. It's got some malt. This is one you really want cold. I think you know yep. cold. Cold is your friend with this, but this uh, with this shot. This is this is how wide you can be with the style too, because like the other one didn't have that hop snappiness on the on the back end with it. This one mm-hmm. does, and uh, it's it's like it's like a different take on the same. Thing. You're right. You almost didn't detect hops in the 903, whereas this one you right. can definitely get right. pick up the hop in the uh, on the back end. So, uh, beer number two for this segment is going to be Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest. You know, I love this brewery. I really do. I realize that they are, uh, you know, not the latest, newest, hippest thing. But I think they're pretty hip because they, I don't, for one thing, they established the pale ale genre. I don't know that I've actually had a bad beer from Sierra Nevada. I would agree. And remember when we had their uh, rep on the show, yeah. he brought some crazy interesting beers. Remember that? He did. He did. This one's actually a lighter color than um, any of the other ones we had. And I wasn't expecting that. This is a very interesting bottle. This is clearly a limited uh, fall seasonal. It says one time only, and this was brewed by the way. This is good. Sierra Nevada didn't do this by themselves. This was a collaboration, and this is their 2017 Fest beer uh, for Oktoberfest. They brewed this in collaboration with Brauhaus Miltenberger, and I'm not familiar with Brauhaus Miltenberger, but it says here they partnered with them, one of Germany's most highly regarded craft brewers, to create an authentic festival beer for your Oktoberfest celebration right here at home. We're focusing, it says, on a depth of complex flavor in this amber lager, using traditional techniques to create layers of rich malt notes that remain light and crisp. See amber lager instead of marzen, so there you have right. it. Which would which would explain the color difference. I will tell you if you took the malt profile from the nine oh three and then gave it the the uh, drinkability and the crispy finish of, of the, shiner? the shiner, yeah, that's what you have here in the, in my hand. This is very drinkable and very oh balanced all the way across. I actually just took my first sip of that. That is quite good. Good job, Sierra Nevada. On wow. This one. Yes, these guys again. You know, you, we could tell when we did all of their specialty beers that uh, they brought in uh, for the Sierra Nevada show that mm-hmm. we did about a month ago. That was a blast. You could tell that their brewmasters know what yeah. they're doing and and that they really are enjoying the passion and the craft. Not afraid to have some fun with it, too. Yes. You know, I mean, you yes. got to think of it like a chef, you know, have some fun with it. It's just your stuff takes a lot longer to come out of the oven, so to speak. I'm just showing this bottle to the camera in case you guys want to look for this. Uh, it's good. That's I would I would track it down. I will be buying this during the month of October mm-hmm. and enjoying it quite a bit. All right, Ian, we have another one. This one is close to home for us. This is the Carboctoberfest. And it's yet another one in a can. Although I will point out, as I said, most of these Oktoberfest brews are uh, bottled. Thankfully uh, for the Sierra Nevada, it's a darker color bottle, not the uh, yeah, green. Not, not the green bottle. Because <clears throat> I would hate for a beer that good to get skunked. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, I don't know. I have not tried this Carb Oktoberfest, and uh, I certainly- uh, I have tried this over the years. I have certainly loved uh, many of the other Carboc brews. So I will tell you straight up, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I over the years I've always tried the Carb Oktoberfest, and I'm not the biggest fan of it. All right, so this um, is and this I, is, think, I haven't tried it this year, but I'll try it now. Well, I don't know whether there's any difference. I'm not picking up from the can that there that this is a different recipe, right, from what they've done uh, before. Now, I want to point out that I love a lot of Carbach beers, especially mm-hmm. their Sympathy for the Lager, I think, is just a brilliant, brilliant beer. And I um, love the Staycation. But that I is think my... one, of the, one of the issues I have is that we have that St. Arnold uh, Oktoberfest, which is just so brilliant. that Which is ours. A lot of, you know, yeah, a lot of them. Here in Houston, there are two sort of big local breweries, if you will, uh, is Carbach and uh, St. Arnold. And we love the St. Arnold Oktoberfest. Uh, tell me about Carb Oktoberfest. You just took your first sip. Ian. I'll tell you what I think. The same thing I think every year. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's not a bad beer. I would drink this if I have it. Um, it's definitely a drinkable beer. But we've just had two other beers that, to me, are more outstanding. That kind this. of jumped out. Like, yeah. this, to me, is not outstanding. This is just standing. You know, <laughs> I just did that. That's right. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I, I, I see what you did there, and I like it. Uh, no, you know what? It's it's very wait, refreshing. Wait. Yes, thank you. That's not a- outstanding, just standing. I like it. So, I like yeah, it. no, it's it's good. It's it's no, not it a is bad good. beer. But you it's- know, if if this were if I'm at a party, this is on ice. I'm having another one. You know, yeah, uh, because it's drinkable. It's, it's- and and Carbach, Let's face it; these guys, I don't think they've ever made a bad beer. Like they've, I've never had a Carbach that I've gone. Yeah, I just don't like that one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's varying degrees of different things that I like, depending on what my you know, palate likes the best. But this is very refreshing and drinkable. It doesn't have the same malt profile as the um, the 903 or the Sierra Nevada. Uh, but it's it's refreshing and drinkable, and I like it. Not my favorite of the group, but I like it. Yeah. And, and again, it's quite an acceptable beer. I uh, And, you know, it's, it's also important, I think, to... I we encourage you to try several of these. Hopefully, what we're telling you about these beers can kind of guide you in the right direction. I will tell you what I do like about this one, and mm-hmm. the more I sip it, the more I remember this about it too. It has a very kind of pretzel doughy aftertaste to it. Yes, and and that has which certain, is kind of nice, you certain know? Oktoberfest sort of vibe right. to it, right? It's, uh, it's a little yeasty. It's a, it's got yeah. that yeah it's got that thing that kind of breadiness mm-hmm. on the back that that is kind of nice you know says uh, on the can every year in Munich a little party is thrown if you've never been there are some things you may or may not remember Lederhosen envy Umpa music uh, Drendels and rolling down the hill I don't know do you know anything about rolling down the hill as an Oktoberfest tradition I have no idea I, I we need to look that up I because, don't know what Drendels are either uh, well uh, I, it's not a dreidel I know that's a different thing. Um, one thing you surely haven't forgotten is the extremely quaffable beer. While you may not be able to attend Oktoberfest this year, you can experience the world's biggest beer fest right here with Carb Oktoberfest. They describe it as an authentic Bavarian-style Marzen uh, mashed with Vienna and Munich malts, cold fermented and aged for six weeks. It says this beer pairs well with, you guessed it, pretzels and sausage, uh, but it tastes mighty fine on its own. I can uh, totally see how this would wash down a good sort of like German sausage, you know? Yep. A good uh, German or Polish sausage uh, with Mm -hmm. with onions. Yeah. Yeah. Not not bad at all. All right. Uh, The Carb Oktoberfest is... Not the last of our beers. We will sample a couple more in the next segment, and we'll also be sampling this fine, well, I'm just 
describing its appearance, this fine, fine rum, the Ron Cartavio XO that Ian has been so kind as to uh, buy me for my birthday. What did I get you? Did I get you some good for your birthday? You did. Remember. You got me a boxcar whiskey. Oh, yes. I yes. remember that yes. now. Yes. Right. We tried it on the show. We will return. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 59. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 59. You know, in our last uh, segment, we sampled the Carbach, um, Carboctoberfest, uh, which we uh, liked. It wasn't our favorite of the group so far, but we, we did like it. It kind of rocked us here in Houston, which is where we record the show, when Carbach was purchased by Anheuser-Busch, uh, as a number of craft breweries have been over the past uh, year especially. It's gone back a couple of years now, but particularly in the last year, uh, AB went on a major acquisition spree, and they picked up Wicked Weed, and they picked up Carbach and a number of other breweries. Well, too much of a good thing, maybe, according to investment analysts, uh, too much. Anheuser-Busch, yes. Anheuser-Busch, they say, has been chugging down so many pint-sized crap breweries that it's giving itself a bad hangover. Don't Ooh. you love when the uh, when the writers do this kind of that thing on the nice. story uh, uh, from the uh, from the binge? And now uh, it's fired ninety percent of its high-end craft beer salespeople. Oh man! They've acquired ten craft breweries over the past few years each with its own sales force, like Carbach, for example, uh, and a national distribution giant like Anheuser-Busch may find these positions you know, to be redundant in their, in their major organization, and the job's expendable. So they let 380 people go Ouch. in a recent purge, uh, and it was the high-end craft beer division which is being reorganized. The division's president uh, told Forbes magazine that Anheuser-Busch wasn't going to be making further acquisitions in the space, but rather would be looking to grow its portfolio organically. Uh, that's certainly the most favorable spin to put on it, and there's more uh, than a grain of truth to that assertion. But they've gobbled up so many craft breweries in a short time span, I mean, 10 in the past year, they really kind of have to sit back and kind of assess what they have. And and we're seeing uh, a bit of a backlash that has affected some sales in some of these craft beer companies that have been acquired by the big guys. I, you, there's no way you can chalk it up to say Wicked Weed's going to have a bigger year this next year than they had last because of all the taps they've been removed from uh, in their sort of home right. you know, uh, area. It's going to take them a while to kind of come back for, from that, if you will. And so uh, it's, it's going to be very interesting to watch. But AB now saying they have no intention of buying any more craft breweries. Well, that's always one of the toughest things. When the big companies come in and buy those, those smaller companies, there's always going to be redundancy spots. And it's yeah, tough because, you know, like if they don't change the beer and the beer's still good, that's that's good. But you also get that that problematic side of now some people who are doing great work and help get that beer to where it was mm-hmm. at the point, you know, to uh, to where ABM Bev is like, hey man, we kind of want that on our portfolio. Well, they get just tossed out on the curb, and that's that's right. You know that sucks. That's a downside, it definite is. downside. I will say this in defense of Anheuser Busch, Carbach, right here in our backyard continues to make beer that's every bit as good as they were making yeah. uh, before the uh, before the acquisition and i think they may be releasing more interesting and specialty stuff 
than they did before because, you know, maybe because they've got, you know, a little more money to play with. Well, who knows? Maybe that's it. Are we going to try that? Or are you Let's gonna... do it. I'm holding this rum like it's a, right? a, a precious commodity, like and so I'm going to just go ahead and pull the cork here and... There it is. All right, that took a moment, but it was worth it. Uh, I'm just going to do a little pour here. Oh, I can tell you. That's Ian, that's how you know I didn't try it beforehand. The second the cork came out of this, Woo. I went, oh, I'm going to love Oh, you can smell that. Rum. It smells yes. awesome. It is It is not only awesome, but also a little strong in terms of the uh, of the smell. And it's good. It's good. It's a good strong. So I'm pouring well, this Well, if this was a wine, you would say it has big legs. It sticks to the side of the glass. It's got this kind of oiliness to it that's awesome now we all know that uh, led zeppelin taught us that a big leg woman ain't got no soul but that's not necessarily true for rum <laughs> uh, so, i like that you already poured yourself a little more before well, you even tried it. okay so here's the thing i was pouring for everybody <laughs> because this was my birthday gift for me and so i opened it and poured it and uh, <laughs> i noticed that of everyone i poured the shortest pour for me so and probably I'm second shortest yours. for you so match me yeah there you go all right so i can tell you right away on the nose i love this i haven't even tasted it yet the molasses oh. smell the, the the cane sugar how many years is this age that's 20, 18 18 Wow, eighteen-year age. I thought that sounded fun. This is exquisitely crafted. Eighteen-year-old Solera commemorates the 80th anniversary of fine rum making Ian. in uh, Cartavio, Peru. Ian, tell this me, this is good. Is it good? Oh my God, it's good. Is it like Skelly good? You know, it is. I'll tell you this: it has more bite than Skelly. Yeah, but it also has a certain. It's got a complexity of flavor that's it's, maybe one of the best rums. I'm, I've I'm ever kind had. of teasing. I'm being tantric with myself here. I'm mm-hmm. uh, kind of teasing my nose because I haven't tried it yet, but mm-hmm. it smells so good. Like it's got a complex smell to it. The vanilla, mm. the sugar. The, there like, is so much like going on now. It's interesting, and I'll I'll bring this rum on the show down the road a little ways. I just tried a, a new rum not too long ago that was very sugar forward, and it was very interesting. It was I didn't dislike it at all. But it was so much less complex because it just led with this big sugar. This yeah. rum is made from sugar cane, right? So it led with this big sugar. It was good, but wow, this really shows me how much better rum can be when it's got this kind of complexity. The to it. complexity is the great word for this. This has such a beautifully complex flavor to it. Oh this. my God, this is just delicious. And I will say, though, it's got a little kick to it. Mm-hmm. It really does. It doesn't, uh, it, the kick is about in the middle. Yep of the uh, of the flavor profile. This you don't is get it you know right we front, we but... get a lot of these where the where the heat kind of you swallow and the heat comes back. This doesn't do that. The heat hits right in the middle, mm-hmm. follows right down, and then grows a little bit. Yes, but but this is like this is like what you see in the cartoons when someone takes a drink and it warms them all the way yes. down. That's yes. what it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> well, it certainly has that effect. You're right. It has. Uh, I was just about to say a warming effect. This is one of yeah. those like if it, if. I were outside and it was cold, I would be like, give me some more of that. Okay, so I've had a couple sips now, and just the flavor that it leaves on my lips Mm -hmm. is amazing. I bet this is killer with a cigar. I can't wait to try that. Like, I bet this is just amazing with a cigar because of what it leaves on the lips. What are you you doing this weekend? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have a cigar, I guess. We are with this rum at my house. That's exactly what we're going to do. Wow, that's that's just absolutely fantastic. I'm glad you like so it. So a my nice friend. little break from our uh, Oktoberfest beers, but we're going to jump back into them because we have a lot of ground to cover on the show here. While you are opening the beer, I will be taking one more sip of this rum. 
There you go. Oh, nice. What are we opening here, Ian? This is the Real Ale Seasonal Release Oktoberfest Bavarian Style Lager. Real Ale is from the Texas Hill Country. Real Ale is a great brewery. Mm-hmm. They really um, make some great beers. Their coffee porter seasonal. I wait for it every year. They it's have so a good. pale ale that I think is just absolutely outstanding. They also, yeah, the pale rye ale. The pale rye ale. so yes. good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so good. Just fantastic. Yep. Uh, wow. I'm still, I just want you to know, I'm still basking in the glow <laughs> of this rum. Wow, that is good. Wow, that is good. I am, uh, uh, I, I, I'm glad you like it. I've actually never seen an 18-year-old rum. Wow. Like, I think you brought in rums mm. that were like uh, eight or nine years or something like mm-hmm. that, but I've never seen an well, 18-year-old what's rum. What's interesting about rum is that usually the aging, there are some rums that are aged, you know, much longer. But usually you'll find that rums are aged five years, eight years, ten years. So 18 is a lot longer than that. And boy, did it work for this. I, I want to point something out. I haven't tried this real ale yet, um, but the smell, the nose of this, this smells mm-hmm. so traditional Bavarian mm-hmm. lager to me. Mm-hmm. Like this is what a Bavarian lager is supposed to smell like. I haven't tried it yet. Well, it's interesting. Wow. The real ale special release Oktoberfest is a Bavarian style lager. So this again is different from some of the other Oktoberfests that we've tried. This... To me, is almost exactly like the pinnacle of that style Bavarian style lager. It's mm. it's that Bavarian style beer is is this is like, you know, the, okay <laughs> Bavarian so, style beer. See real ale Oktoberfest. Okay, so here's I'm gonna try to see if I can explain this properly. Some of my favorites of the beers we've had so yes. far have made me think it's autumn, it's fall, it's October, it's Oktoberfest. This makes me think I'm in Germany and it's time for beer and pretzels. Does that make yes. sense? Like this this is uh, this is more about the celebration of Oktoberfest and wearing lederhosen and this, it's, that's what this flavor this does This has for me. so much of that like we call it bread or mm-hmm. almost a biscuitiness to the flavor. We talked about that with the Shiner. It's right. more prevalent. This here. is right in the middle of it yes. too. It's big Absolutely. and full and right in the middle. It's delicious. <clears throat> Boy, this is uh, this is really really good. I have to say, in a very different way from the others that yes. I've liked a lot today. Uh, but that's really really good. So we're going to keep I expect that moving. from real ale there. The beers are they so good. They always they're, do quality beers. The Devil's they Backbone is a great beer. Always do they're... quality beers. Yes, they do. This is another one I've been looking forward to. This is Victory, which I find uh Victory uh makes a lot of great beers and this is their October uh Fest Amber Lager as well. well I just want to show the real ale Oktoberfest to the camera. There you go. And then we'll show the Victory here in just a second as uh, Ian does the pour. <clears throat> I I uh, think I've told you this before on the show, but I used to live uh, about uh, 15 minutes from the Victory uh, Brewery when I was in uh, Pennsylvania. When I lived in Pennsylvania, Victory is in Downingtown, and uh, they are revered in Pennsylvania. They are like almost godlike brewery status. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what this is. There, by the way, the Victory Hop Devil. Yeah. Was one of the first like really super hoppy beers yeah. I ever tried. Kind of cut my teeth on that super hoppy IPA, 
was really good. Yeah, Victory's what, had a history of great beers. This is another great one from Victory. This is uh, this is very this, similar to the one we just tried, except for this is a little more malt forward. It's an amber lager, though. Interesting. Uh, a little enough, less, yeah. uh, a little less of the uh, uh, biscuitiness, but still mm-hmm. with some of it on the uh, tail end. It's their fest beer, is what it's called, and it's uh, it says Oktoberfest Amber Lager and. Mm. Yeah, bread dough right on the tail end of this. You is know, really nice, that you know. seems to be kind of the hallmark of yeah. Oktoberfest beers is this sort of yeasty sort of bread dough uh, sort of thing. But nice malt in there, too. Man, both of the beers uh, that we just tried are fantastic. All right, there are three more to go as we enter our final segment. It's Oktoberfest 2017. We're trying to describe these for you as best we can. Our descriptions may get a little less literate as we go, but hopefully they'll continue to be honest. So it's Smoking and Toast, and thank you for listening. to smoking and toast and have i mentioned i love doing this show <laughs> i just took a drink of this uh, this beautiful ron cartavio rum uh that ian bought me for my birthday and i'm just so like i'm just i'm i'm, I'm overwhelmed it's a it's a dude moment here that's awesome because i was going for whelmed and you were actually over i'm that. overwhelmed and so anytime you can go over that's a, that's a positive thing i have uh, overachieved we are so glad to have you guys on the show we're brought to you by the way by the fine folks of b&b butchers and restaurant there at 1814 washington ave in houston they're coming soon to uh, fort worth we had uh, on one of the shows that we did last week Jeremiah was on, and I always love having him on the show because, you know, it's well for one thing, it's so hard to drag an opinion out of him. Right, you know, he's, yeah, he's, he's that guy. You know, it's you like, never know what he's thinking. Come on, what do you really think, Jeremiah? <laughs> uh, but but he's uh, he, no, he's just a, a pleasure to have on the show, and uh, we are so thrilled to have those guys as sponsors. They uh, not only have maybe one of the most amazing uh, bars. In terms of what they stock of any uh, restaurant that I've been to or seen, but they also have a really awesome smoking area, which we've learned that unless there's a monsoon going on, you can still smoke. Now, if there's uh, <clears throat> just a little rain going on, you're you're still okay. You're good. Monsoon, maybe you have to, uh, you know, take it inside for a few minutes. Maybe right. <laughs> Which is what we did before the show. I showed up last on that week, show. So. You were soaked. I was soaking wet when you showed up because I was walking through this wall of water trying to, uh, uh, you know, make sure our equipment was okay. But it was just one of those things. It was one of those rare Houston moments. Like, yeah, I know it's not a hurricane, but it sure looks like one. And it's like that for 15 minutes, and then it's over. So, uh, uh, all right. So we're back to Oktoberfest beers. But thank you, B and B. You guys rock, and your bacon is terrific. Okay. Um, first impression. This is the Iinger. The Iinger. Now yes. I'm gonna. Show that to the camera, yes, Ian, if you don't is, mind. Yes, no, I don't mind at all. <clears throat> yeah, the Iinger. Now, this is maybe not as commonly known a uh, brand, although you mentioned uh, another one of their beers. That they you're make a, fan a of. beer called Celebrator, yeah. which is a Doppelbach, which oh, is you absolutely the amazing. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, it is so good. Um, this, uh, I haven't tried this yet either, but this also has that same, like the real ale, it has that this is what. You know that style should smell like it, it smells said, great. It says here on the label, brewed according to the uh, Ryan Heiskabolt. Right. Uh, thank you. Say that again. Ryan Heiskabolt. How did you know how to pronounce that? I've never heard that word before in my life. <laughs> uh, That's pure, the it's German a purity, purity law. law. Yes, of fifteen sixteen. It's a product of Germany, and uh, it was brewed and um, bottled uh, in Germany. Right. This is a real authentic. 
Oktoberfest yes. Festival Lager. Yeah. And this, okay, so this is also fantastic. This, if I'm going to go, uh, if I'm going to step backwards one, this is much like that uh, real ale one, uh, just a little bit lighter version of it. Yes, it is definitely bready and yeasty. It has that, that same out. kind mm-hmm. of like Oktoberfest smell that you expect. It has mm-hmm. a lot of those same elements. It's just a slightly lighter version of it. It's fantastic. Do you know when you go to a brewery, one of the first smells that you yes. smell is the yeast. It's this. It's what yes. this beer kind of smells yes. and tastes like. But, uh, but sometimes when you go to the brewery, and the malt, that smell can be a little off-putting. But, but in yeah. this case, it's delicious. This wow. is yeah. This is a good beer. This is real solid. I'll buy this again as well. And this is a interestingly, this is a one pint, zero point nine fluid ounces. It's a five hundred milliliter bottle. So it's a slightly different configuration than we're used to. This particular beer, out of all the ones today, this might be. Um, it's not the biggest flavor, uh, but it might be one of the easiest ones to drink. It like, may be the most authentic, and of course, it makes sense because it's from Germany. It's an actual Oktoberfest yeah, like beer, real deal, as opposed to an American brewery doing an Oktoberfest style beer. Not that there's anything wrong with that. All right, we're moving on to the Alamo Oktoberfest right now, and this obviously comes from San Antonio, Texas. I actually How snagged did you guess this. That? I actually snagged this this morning at the Phoenicia uh, Market downtown in uh, Houston. That place uh, has a great selection. They really do. It's a very small beer selection, but it's wonderfully curated. And uh, I was looking for Oktoberfests, and uh, this was one that I found. And they actually stocked several of the Alamo beers there. And I've had the Alamo Amber before and enjoyed it. Uh, so I'm anxious to try this and see what we think. I think I've tried the Alamo Amber on draft before. Uh, it's in um, in uh, San Antonio, and it was a nice, solid beer. I'm going to take this uh, Alamo Oktoberfest bottle, show that to the camera. It a... Um, it's a pretty traditional Oktoberfest looking. Well, it's it's funny because if you look, I'll show this to the camera one more time. Uh, the Alamo type font is very Texas Alamo looking, and then the Oktoberfest time uh, font is very German looking. So they kind of almost contrast, unless you're in New Braunfels. But uh, but here we go with Alamo Oktoberfest. What do you think, Ian? Not a fan. Not a fan, really. Not I'm, a fan. I'm a little surprised. So tell me what it is that. Uh, doesn't work for you about this. The uh, the aftertaste is very off-putting to me on this one. What is the aftertaste? It's it's, a- it's bitter. It's uh, it's too much of that yeasty, weedy kind of thing. That's not it. To me, it's just not like I, I don't like the aftertaste at all on this. It's I, not hot for. It's not very balanced to me. Like the front of this has very little going on. The middle of it has some malt profile, and the tail end has that bitter. The yeastiness uh, comes on the yeasty, tail end, yes. Yeah, which I, it's I almost agree. too much of it, if you ask me. Hmm, yeah, I, I agree. This is not, although I do like it, it's not as well balanced. Taken on its own, it's probably beers. an okay beer. But after some of the prime examples we've had, I, it doesn't stand up to... You know, that's one of the things that's interesting about this. If we had this in a quote-unquote normal show where we were only doing three beers, we might give it higher marks. Maybe. You know, but Maybe. but coming on the heels of... You know, I keep going back to the uh, yeah that the uh, Sierra, Sierra Nevada. Nevada was pretty amazing. Wow, yeah. that was just a tough beer to beat for any for any beer, much less the you know the whole vibe of Oktoberfest. So, I, I don't. I, I will say I don't dislike this beer, but it is probably my least favorite of the group so far. Um, I, it's, uh, I maybe I maybe I put it I ahead like of the Spotten. I like it better than the Spotten. Yeah, yes, I put it the ahead green of the bottle is, yep. was not 
not there for me. It does taste fresher than the spot. What what stinks is I really wanted to like the spot too because I like Spotten's other beers. I really know. wanted to like, but I think the, it's hard uh, to tell too because it's it's you know when it's skunk, you know what yeah. does it really actually taste like? I really wanted to like the Alamo. So yeah, the bottle looks great. I tell you what, I'm doing. It also though. says Mall Tops and Courage. I think you said <clears> yeah, right. no, it's it's got a great label. Uh, like I love what they say on the label, and so uh, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and try some of their other uh, beers uh, on future shows. All right, uh, I went ahead and just moved on because mm-hmm. I didn't want to linger on that one too much. But now we have the Ballast Point Dead Ringer. I love their artwork, by the way. I just like to point out I just did a palate cleanser with this <laughs> rum, and it was wonderful. <laughs> But yes, I agree with you. I love the Ballast Point artwork. I'm a fan of this brewery. I like their whole vibe, like the whole thing that they're about. And of course, anything with like a skeleton or Day of the Dead, I'm into. And this is a pretty funky Oktoberfest looking skeleton, uh, but he's still in the Pacific Island somewhere. And you got to love that. I don't know if it's, (laughs) I don't know if it's just me, but this has very little on the nose right now. All right, I'm going to try it. Let's see. I'm getting a little, but you're right. It's not a real strong. The flavor is good, though. Yeah? The flavor's nice. This is another one of the, uh, much like the uh, Iinger. It's very balanced. It's not really big overall. It's... Now, I'm getting more malt here than I did with the Iinger. Yes. Yes. Yes, it's, and more malt in the middle of it, especially. The mm-hmm. Iinger was a little more balanced front to back. This has a little more malt for, or malt uh, in the middle. But this is a very drinkable beer. I could enjoy a yeah, couple I, of I these. Would, I yes. would definitely go with this, too. Yeah, it's the Dead Ringer Oktoberfest. They describe it as a traditional Marzen lager. And uh, Ballast Point is from San Diego. This has that definite hop snap on the end of it, too, that we've we've experienced with a couple of them. That are, But it's very nicely done. Didn't that sound like a rap song from the 80s? Hop snap? Hop snap. <laughs> <laughs> done by, like, a female trio rap group? You know? <laughs> right. J.J. Fad or somebody like that. I can't believe I just dropped J.J. Fad on you the show. You just did. Mark it. Uh, show number oh, no. 59. I mentioned. Oh, oh that, I, actually, that, that actually worked. That, that it actually was, worked. Yeah. I intended to go for that, but uh, I, instead we got with this. The, the cha-ching actually works and in it this totally situation. Worked. You know, by the way, do you know J.J. Fad was a Dr. Dre production? I did not. But I digress. Uh, there, there's, I watched that uh, amazing um, thing on HBO, the four-part series on Dr. Dre and Jimmy. I Ivey. haven't watched that yet. Oh my God, it's good. Watch it. Yeah. In I'm... fact, take some of this rum and sit and watch the whole four-part series. I just watched that. Uh, I just watched the one about uh, Sound City. Oh on, my God, those are good. On Netflix. Yeah. yeah oh yes. Yeah, yeah. That was really good. So not only is Sound City a wonderful documentary, but if you haven't watched it, the Dave Grohl and Foo Fighters um, series on HBO. I haven't seen the oh series. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Every episode is fantastic. But I'm assuming that, that it came from the documentary. Uh, it it might have been born after that, but yeah. in each one they go to a different city. They kind of absorb the vibe of the city. Oh, and they write a that. song and then perform it in a uh, record it in a studio somewhere in nice. that city. It's uh, It's very, very cool. Very, very cool. I hope they bring it back for another. Uh, I don't know how we got off onto the Foo Fighters, but <laughs> I do love the Foo Fighters. So, well, just we said Dave Grohl three times now, so hopefully we got some money coming in because every time that guy touches something, yes, absolutely, like, he know. just does so, amazing stuff with it. Dave, you uh, Foo Fighters should just sponsor this show. That would be awesome. We'll play Foo Fighters songs in and out of the breaks. It'll yeah. be it'll be perfect. So, uh, speaking of sponsors, we do want to thank our uh, sponsor B and B Butchers and Restaurant at eighteen fourteen Washington Avenue, Houston, and those guys are opening soon 
in Fort Worth. And we have to plan a show, Ian. We haven't uh, put this together, but we will plan a show to be live there with Jeremiah on the uh, third floor balcony of the new B&B in the Fort Worth. The road trip. Oh, uh, road trip. Yes. Uh, I, I want to bring some of this dead ringer on the road trip. That's pretty good. This totally worked for me. This is a wonderful beer. I want to recap. I'm going to rate one, two, and three out of all of these so all right. far. All right. Number one, I think I really liked the uh, 903 that the best. The that was the first the beer we had. Yep, yep. The maltiest that we have. Number two, I want to go with um, probably the, uh, the Fest beer, the Victory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And number three... Ah, it's tough because I want to love the Ianger more than the uh, than the real ale, but I think I have to go real ale. I'm going to go 903 as my number three. I'm going to go Ballast Point Dead Ringer as my number two, and I'm going to go with the Sierra Nevada. Oh, see, I forgot October-fest about that. There's so many as my good number ones today. one, right. but none of them can hold a candle to the Ron Cartavio. XO. Cheers. Hey, my friends, have a great uh, week. Thanks for the uh, birthday gift, my friend. Cheers. Cheers to you. This is Radio Brave. Keep listening. It gets even better. Now let's do it up. Radio Brave.